Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Tuesday, May 18th, day 221. Coming right up, it's the book of Matthew, chapter 7, and we have a special guest today. You know her, you love her. It's none other than Tammy Lynn with the hyphen. How's it going, Tam? It's going really good. And... Um, to everybody out there who listens, I would like to ask them, what Seinfeld character does Michael sound like in his intro? I can't think of it. It's driving me crazy. You know what, Kramer Tammy? used to hear him on the phone you, you all the time. You know what, Tammy? I don't know what's crazier, you or the things you talk about. But let's get on with Well, Matthew. I will say a special <clears throat> prayer for anyone who can tell me what Seinfeld character. All anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. This Companion Chapel podcast makes the Bible easy to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions, managing, marketing, advertising, helping with the website, or coming on out here to the Companion Chapel community with your time, labor, construction materials, whatever it takes. Let's build a church together. Whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. The Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. Give it up for God at CompanionChapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address CompanionChapel at gmail.com. Companion Chapel is located at number 338, Side Road, 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. Now please turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. And Tammy, verse 1, please... Judge not that you be not judged. Period. Get that into you. Verse 2. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Even Stephen, man, that's the way she goes with God. Let's go. Three. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but do not consider the plank in your own eye. Yeah, Tammy. Verse 4. <laughs> How will thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the speck in your eye? Behold, you have a beam in your own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam in your own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the beam or the mode or speck out of the brother's eye. Like, don't go around picking on people. Like, you got to be fair and, and take inventory of yourself first. Like, there's all kinds of people out there pointing out other people's problems constantly. Like, be nice, humble yourself, and, and take a look at yourself first and consider human frailty. That's what God does. He doesn't go around rubbing people's face and things that have gone down because when it's a perfect world Jesus Christ will let you know so that's about judging other people pointing fingers with disdain thinking you're better and condescending attitudes patronizing other people what condescending really Tammy <laughs> where are you and Google like in cahoots okay let's go to verse 6 okay Verse 6. Yeah, this comes after 5 before 7. Give not... Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, 
and turn and tear you in pieces. Now we're talking about our little puppy dogs here and Babe, the little piggy out there, snorting around, digging up dirt. No, God uses natural things. He uses nature. He uses, that's not horticulture. That's, what's the animal world? Mammals? He uses dogs. And dogs is a big thread through the Bible. And it starts... Well, you can go right to the very last page of your Bible and see why aren't dogs allowed in heaven? We're not talking about little puppy dogs. We love our doggies and they, we will see our animals in heaven as it's written. But dogs here is people of un, impure minds. And let's not just sugarcoat this at all. This is impudent man not being ashamed to be a sodomite. And dogs is the tradition that they have back then of how they uh, uh, depict uh, Scorcia Villa. It's males on males. And we pray for everybody and God loves everybody. Don't you think otherwise? God loves every human being out there. We, But he doesn't love what we're doing. Now, God had to draw a line in the sand somewhere when it came to morally corrupt conduct. And barnyard morals don't fly with God, and that's all there is to it. You have to learn to say no to yourself. And these demons that get into people's minds are extremely strong. The drug demon and the demon of sensual lust are extremely strong demons. That takes a lot of work and a lot of humbling to get it out of you. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You can sit around with your buddies. Like, I go play cards with my buddies. Hey, I love these guys. But as soon as you cross that line where you turn your body into your pillow biting chew toy that's lust and that's where god draws the line like it or lump it that's the way she goes don't cast your pearls before swine or throw something holy unto dogs in other words hey unless they're asking what's in the bible then don't bother because they get so extremely angry about it and they're going to rend you man they'll they'll start they'll try and pick a fight with you like a roly-poly one in town the other day tried to pick a fight with Tammy. And I was like, dude, like, we get it. You like other dudes. Okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. Just keep your morally deprived mindset, you know, back from me. And we pray for that guy, don't we, Tammy? Of course. Like, I have nothing like, against him. No, we don't have anything against him. But he certainly had a lot against us. Oh, he trashed Christianity yeah. to the max. And he even had a few verses. We're picking a few random verses out. And he doesn't understand. There has to be a line drawn in the sand. Okay, if, if God says, okay, if you guys want to go and, uh, you know, <clears throat> be like Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, a lot there was the one guy who went, he wouldn't go with it. He wouldn't go with that flow. He stayed true to God. And even though Lot was a kind of a character, but, you know, Lot had to put up with that. Like, Lot had to stand there with his garden hose out in his front lawn, spray these guys to get them out of here. And I'm just saying that God loves you, but he had to draw a line somewhere. Like, where does it go after that? Okay, if we allow that and special interest is forcing that down our throat, saying, hey, listen, well, that's a bad analogy. Let's say the special interest is forcing their lifestyle to accept morally deprived lifestyles, they're trying to trying to force it as a new normal. And that's what the global media will do, is they try and force morally corrupt things, socially corrupt things, ethically corrupt things, and spiritually corrupt things as the new normal. And it's not. God's word is a standard. It's consistent. It's a, it's, God's word is the, the reason, the divine reason resolve written by a higher power in the councils of eternity. 
That's God's word. And it stands. It has to stand. And God says, okay, if I allow that morally deprived, or if I allow those barnyard morals to, to come into heaven, then what's next? Like children, like, uh, like what do you call it? Like group parties. Okay, you guys all love each other and you're in a group doing that. Like you have to learn to say no to yourself. It's about discipline. God gave us the, the definition of marriage and what he expects. And that's the way it is. And you can't tweak God's word to suit your lifestyle. And that's all there is to it. And the thing about the Catholic Church now, you know, we love all the people. And listen, preacher dude, you go up there, you got the Bible in your hand and you don't teach the Bible. Now you're getting a pussyfoot around the Bible and not teach these verses that run through the Bible. There's a huge thread on how to morally conduct yourself in this flesh age. And what are you going to do now? Because you're flying these flags outside of the of Catholic churches and Catholic um, schools. Oh, what are you saying? God's word is okay. We're just going to you know skip over a lot of God's word here. Well, just to please people. Well, let's hear what Jesus Christ has to say about that, because he has a lot to say about that in this chapter. Verse 7, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Now, a lot of people will stop there and use the Bible as a book of quotes, and it says, hey, I'm going to ask for something, and uh, I'm not getting it. Like, I, I need a new car. I need a bigger house. I need a pool in the back. You know, asking for material things and money and kissing lottery tickets. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. You seek, you study this chapter, uh, this book, cover to cover, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. It's not a big book. It's only a thousand pages. In the book of Revelation, it continually says, this little book, this little book. And I'm telling you, verse 9, let's just go on here. Or what man is there of you whom his son asks bread and you give him a stone? Or he asks a fish and you give him a serpent? Okay, even if being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask for him? Remember, okay, we're going to stop right there because we're about to do this, ask and it shall receive. Now, in chapter 6, the same speech that Jesus Christ is giving these people, his disciples, his students, what we are students right now, Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask them. Is he going to give you a million dollars? Why doesn't he come down here and fix the world's problems? Cut a check to everybody for a million bucks. Here, go go ahead. Great. Straight to the car dealership. Straight to the real estate agent. Right? Like, go on big vacations. No, God knows what you need to humble for the eternity. He knows how much affliction you need to humble for the eternity so you don't get into greed, gluttony. You don't get into uh, entitlement. And your egotism has to be chopped down. That's all there is to it. What did you do to deserve anything besides the basic necessities of life? Nothing. We all sinned. So when God says, I, I'll give you what you need, and he says, ask and you shall receive, when you understand that the only thing you need is the love of Christ in your heart and a working knowledge of the Bible, because he came in the volume of the book, he is the living word, and he wants you to come to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension where there's no guile, no malice, no corruption. There's none of these finger pointers. There's nobody, there's no anxiety, worries, or fears. Then you'll realize, hey, I will give you my love in your heart, and you'll, you'll, you'll have a working knowledge of the Bible. Jesus Christ is the living word, and you'll come to an understanding what the Bible is all about. It is 
Jesus Christ's word is the great separating force. He's the truth. It's a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And that's what you ask for from Father. And he'll hook you up, man. Okay, go ahead, Tammy, 12. 11. Verse 12. I already read 11. Therefore, okay. all things whatsoever. Go. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophet. The law and the prophet stick. Like how many times does Jesus Christ have to say that? Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, 18. I came not to change one jit or jot of the law or the prophets. Period. I came to fulfill my part as Yeshua Messiah, the salvation ministry of our Father. He's the righteous right arm. I came to fulfill the blood ordinances. They don't stand anymore. But everything else does. Now, in the in a lot of Paul's epistles, says, oh, the laws don't stand anymore. That is the laws of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which just brought traditions into the, into the church and made void the word of God as it's written. Go to Proverbs 28, 9. It says, those who do not, those who turn their ear away from hearing my law, my instructions, even your prayers will be an abomination. You can't just make up what you think is right in God's word and say, oh, God will understand. God will know. It'll, it's okay. Now watch the way this chapter plays out. God says, the laws and the prophets stand. It's going down to the letter. Even go to Leviticus chapter 19, 18, and you get that verse into you. That's a good one. Okay, enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there are which go into thereat. Because the straight gate and the narrow, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Well, wow, that's kind of daunting. It's, there's some very daunting verses in the Bible, but there's many ways that seemeth right unto mankind, but they lead unto death. And death just means Satan. And death just means you carrying things around that are going to burn you up inside, and they'll kill you, like hate, disdain, like anxieties, worries, possessiveness, covetousness, jealousies, envies, like the list goes on. These things come from demons, devils, evil spirits, all powers and principalities of Satan, as it's written in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. That's what we fight against. This spiritual world is much bigger than this little fleshy world that we live in. Everything is of the spirit, and we're very restricted right now in these flesh bodies. So narrow is the gate of salvation. It's narrow, but you just be meek. And that means self-discipline. Learn to say no to yourself in the face of vain curiosities and temptations, which are endless. They're broad, as it's written here. There's many ways, as it's written in the book of Proverbs, but they lead to death. And Jesus Christ is the light. Remember, he says in John 14, 6, I am the way. It's Christ is yea or nay, period. There's no greasy lawyers there trying to negotiate or make concessions for you or try and make a deal with our Lord Jesus Christ. The word is the way she goes. It's yea or nay. And that's so refreshing upon meditation. There's no gray area. There's no purgatory. There's no limbo. It's yea or nay. So get that into you. That's awesome. Hey, eh, Tammy? Now, verse 15. Go ahead. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. And always remember 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. When Paul's teaching us about do not be deceived, and our Lord Jesus Christ over and over, do not be deceived. 
And verse uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13, for such are false apostles, false sent out ones from Christ. Like they claim to be di uh, disciples, students, and then they go sent out. And that just means anybody that, I mean anybody that goes ahead and opens their mouth, whether it's on a keyboard or verbally or whatever, about our Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Because you think that you, you have something to say about the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't, and this is what's going on today. Deceitful workers disguising themselves as sent out ones from Christ. And no marvel. Like, don't be amazed by this. For Satan himself is disguised as an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be disguised as ministers of righteousness whose ends shall be according to their works. Remember, as it's written, Satan comes in peacefully and prosperously. He's got a lot of people with him. He deceives a lot of people. His greatest trick is to, is to deceive the whole world into thinking that he does not exist. But look at planet Earth. Look at the planet itself and the people. All the evil in the world is perpetuated by the Satan. And it's, inst or it's instigated by Satan and perpetuated by the human art. Look at the troubles on planet Earth today are beyond measure. And that's what we're talking about. If there's a preacher up there, your minister, preacher, whatever you want to call him, and he's using the Bible as a book of quotes, then go ask for your money back because you'll never get God's saving word. You'll never get to feel the peace or the love of Christ in your heart. You'll never get a working knowledge of the Bible. So what are you going up there and dumping money in that what do you call that? Collection, collection plate. Collection tray for. You know, we pray for all these people, especially you, preacher. Listen, you have the whole congregation hanging off every word. And you're up there using the Bible as a random book of quotes. And for you, uh, the people, what do you call it? Oh, the congregation. You sit there, go to that church and support the church. These are nice people. Everyone's nice. You like the preacher. But after three months... Go outside and sit in your pickup truck in that church parking lot. Open your Bible. Are you able to pick up where you're being taught for the last three months? Can you read with understanding? Or are you busy flipping through pamphlets and looking up quotes from men or just flipping through the Bible? I, I think we read this quote. I think we read that quote. No. Those are sheep's and wolves' clothing. And a lot of them don't even know it. And that's extremely sad what's happened to the church today. But as it's written, the great apostasy the great falling away from truth. And, and Jesus Christ explains it better than I ever could. So just be careful. That's sheep's, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing. Be careful. And you shall know them. This is how you know them. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? No. It's very simple teaching there. Like you can't get good fruit off a nasty tree. You can't get grapes that, you know, grapes represents... Let's just leave it at that, okay? Even so, good, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, okay? And go back to Genesis chapter 2, 9 and 2, 17, talking about trees and the great thread that runs through the Bible about trees. Like we're all the analogy of trees. God uses horticulture as trees, as people. Like we have a trunk, we have a stem. Now that the root of Jesse came, you know, the branch, the vine, the tree of life, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what great thread that runs through the Bible. Every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And we read about that more in the book of John. And I'll just read that. I'll just read that quote from John. And it's this. When John teaches us 
about the tree. In John 15, I, uh, Jesus Christ speaking, I am the vine. You are the branches. See, we're an analogy of us as trees. You always translate within the Bible. Use the Bible as a great glossary of itself. Never translate outside the Bible. You abide in me and I in you. Anyone who abide not in me is cast forth, cut off, withered, then, then gathered by the angels, then thrown into the fire and burned. And what burns you up is all the things that you carry because you thought you knew better and you thought you could go walk up to Jesus Christ and act all innocent and say, listen, it's okay that I was acting like that, right, Jesus Christ? No, he did not make concessions with evil up on the cross. He didn't hang there for some sideshow. He will not compromise with evil. And in doing so, he set up a kingdom of heaven that will not accommodate evil. It is valid. It is legit because Jesus Christ suffered for us to do what he did. So do not think you can make concessions for God's word. False teachers, false prophets, be careful. Verse 21, go ahead, Tammy. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Go ahead, 22 and 23. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me. You who practices lawlessness. Well, can you imagine when you go meet your maker and everybody will like fate won't negotiate no matter how big of a star you think you are, you're all going to die. And it's very soon, as far as the affairs of time is concerned, uh, infinity back to infinity forward, we can't even comprehend that in these flesh bodies. Like, this is such a flash of time. It's a testing period. Like, think about that. And you can't go up in front of the Lord Jesus Christ when he tells us, not everyone, he tells us, where did he say? But doeth the will of my Father. That's God's instructions. And remember what proverb I just referred to in Proverbs 28, verse 9. It's he that turneth, or anyone that turneth away their ear from hearing my instructions, even your, your, your prayers will be an abomination to me. Can you imagine the feeling of absolute mortification of the soul when you get up in front of the Lord Jesus Christ? And he says this, depart from me, I never knew you. This is better written right from the manuscripts, which I study from for all you people every day, because you never made yourself to know me. You made it up. You romanticized who you think God is and Jesus Christ is. You just romanticized how the Bible should be as convenient for you so it doesn't cramp your lifestyle. And if can you imagine... Jesus Christ saying that to you after you thought you were a Christian and you went to church and you can't go up there and say, well, I identify with this church, so my ticket's stamped to get into heaven. No, it's not. It's an individual basis. It's your thoughts, your intents, your actions. It's your works that you're judged on. Your works, your faith gives you the right to hope. And it's about God's instructions, not how mankind puts traditions in there and makes these grand sermons on human merit, human endeavor, human experience, human entitlement, just pulling verses from here and there in the Bible and not teaching it the way it's written. It's written chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And that's how the message being conveyed 
that's how God intended the message to be conveyed. Depart from me, ye that never work in you, you that work iniquity, you that you that compromised the Bible. After I went up on the cross, you compromised my word. I came in the volume of the book. I am the living word. And just imagine. I don't want that to happen to anybody. That's why me and family are teaching the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. I can't even imagine the Dead Sea, the dreadful feeling that someone who thought they were serving God but were tricked by wolves in sheep's clothing and the Lord Jesus Christ saying that to someone. God forbid that would be the worst thing ever. Then you got to go sit in hell and you got to work it out. Okay, I listened to the wrong people. I didn't study the Bible. I went to church and played church. We sung a lot of songs. We did a lot of churchy stuff. We tried to cast out devils and demons, but who knows what you guys were doing. You know, we're just going there and we're getting the whole crowd going with rock and or roll music. And, you know, we got our hands waving in the air. That's all good and all as long as you're getting taught the Bible. Right, Tammy? Of course. Like it's not it's not a place to go get your adrenaline going. That's what gyms are for, or rock concerts, or whatever cool people. Where do cool people go, Tammy? I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not cool. <laughs> I think you're cool. Well, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with someone being excited to go to church. Oh yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with getting the crowd going. Yeah. But teach them the Bible, dude. You preacher guy, you have us hanging off every word you say. And you're up there, you got the big screens now in the churches, and oh, here's a, here's a Bible quote, oh, then another Bible quote from somewhere else, and then, God forbid, like the Bible doesn't enough for you, you have to put quotes from mankind up there? Are you kidding me? Like, and another thing, I get excited to go to church, but this is a church now, but you know, we used to get excited to go to church, I get excited to sit down and be comfortable. <laughs> Not stand there for half an hour and be right in front of a chair. And then I think, oh, some people over there sitting down yet after 30 minutes of rock music. I'm like, okay, that person sat down there. I realized those are handicapped people and they have to stand back up. Go. 24. Okay, 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Stop. Heareth, doeth. That's action. That's your call to action right there. Heareth, doeth. Wise man, remember, Jesus Christ is wisdom. And a lot of people will say to me, well, Proverbs 8, wisdom is feminine. Yeah, Jesus Christ personifies these things. Wisdom was there in the beginning before the first Adam was formed on the highest part of the dust of the earth. Before we were created, God created us all each and every one of us. He looked at us and he loves us so much. It's not even funny. We can't even comprehend. He created us for his joy, for his pleasure, for his glory. And you have to say, are you pleasing to God? And here's your instructions. Heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. And be a wise person. Like trying to emulate our Lord Jesus Christ. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, strength, the Holy Spirit. You pray for these things to dwell within you. The seventh spirit of the Lord is the spirit of reverence. You cannot pray for that. That belongs exclusively to the Lord. Give it up for God in your heart. And upon a rock, who's a rock? A rock is our Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, the great victory song from the Song of Moses written, also referred to also in Revelation chapter 15, that we will be singing on Victory Day, so you better know that song. He is our rock. And that is our only stability. In the book of Isaiah, it says we are hewn from the rock. 
We are a piece of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he wants us back. He came down to, he's going to come to claim his planet and his people. You have to be part of it. Here's your instructions. Heareth these sayings and doeth them. And let's go on. He uses a great analogy. And the rain descended and the floods came and wind blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. Now, Proverbs chapter 24 talks about your house. Through wisdom is a house builded. By understanding is it established, and by knowledge is it filled. In your house, you are a temple. Your spirit and your soul are housed in your flesh house right now. Your spirit is, your soul is what you are. You're a human being. God created you as a human being, and he loved you, and that's what he, he owns all souls. Ezekiel chapter 18. But your soul your spirit is the intellect of your soul. It's your active attitude that motivates all actions. And that's the house you're building. And that's what we're talking about here. Jesus Christ lets us know how to build your house. And, and furthermore, he says, as rain descended and the floods came. Now, we're, you know, think spiritually here. Like also when you, if you build a house, you know, build it properly on a good foundation. But spiritually, we're talking about the flood, and the word flood is a great thread that runs through the Bible. The enemy shall come like a flood. So when you build your house with wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, and strength, it'll stand. Uh, and furthermore, this, and with the arms of the flood shall the enemy come. Book of Daniel, the book of Jeremiah. Who is this that cometh as a flood? And in the book of um, Isaiah, it comes like a deluge. It comes like a big it comes like a press. It's the flood of the ways and things of the world. So this tells you how to build your house. And don't forget, even your household there, a divided house can't stand. And in verse 26, go ahead, Tammy, remember 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Well, that's just people who think they know better. That's just pure egotism and... Uh, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Finish. And so it was, when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. And the scribes and Pharisees are the clergy of today, so be careful. Sheep and wolves closing. Well, I'm hoping you're enjoying the book of Matthew because we certainly enjoy bringing it to you. There was Matthew chapter 7, we'll have Matthew chapter 8, right tomorrow. Are you going to be around Tammy tomorrow? Tammy tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow, Tammy? Yeah. Lynn, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be here unless you make me mad. Tammy Lynn with the hyphen. You can contact us at Companion Chapel. Email that's companionchapel at gmail.com or you can call here 509-706-8876. And you got any news about the Companion Chapel, Tammy? The Companion Chapel community out here at number 338 Side Road 28-29, Sogging Shores, Ontario. Or that's Paisley, Ontario, Canada. And we're starting a garden here, right, Tam? Yes, we're going to be starting a garden. Um, there's work going on it's slow but steady yeah because we're by ourselves like come on out and give us a hand <laughs> put some windows in we got some bricks to lay and uh where should we put the garden i was going to put it in that dead truck of mine out there and call it a garden that's a really good idea i drive around and show all my friends it'll it'd be a pretty small my, garden my maze i just want to grow maize corn yeah i know what maize is <laughs> oh my goodness anyways 
with the website. Um, we don't have electricity or internet here. So the website is just uh, a little bit on hold. I mean, it's, it's a great website. So go to it, www.companionchapel.com. And there's also no running water here, but there is a nice river in the back. But if anyone can help us out to make this a church, it's your church. So get involved. Be somebody. Let's do this. Right, Tam? Exactly. I want to thank you very much for listening. You can promote this podcast. You share it um, and enjoy it. Okay, Tammy, I'm going to go now. All right. God bless everyone. Thank you very much for listening. Have yourself a great day. Bye for now.